Today I have the pleasure with, of speaking with Krista Campbell and Lottie Grobman, uh, two of the producers not only on Rambo Last Blood, but also on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, also on uh, Angel Has Fallen, two big time action movies that just came out. How are you ladies doing today? Great. Yeah. Uh, Rambo was phenomenal. I rewatched it again, I think, for the second or third time yesterday, and I can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's really, really a fun film. Yeah. Really uh, action packed. Uh, more so, the sto- I was intrigued by the story of human trafficking and John Rambo finally adopting a family and trying to civilize himself, and they drove him back into the savagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story is it, it works. It, it works for uh, for Last Blood. It's it's you know it's kind of like brings Rambo is uh, brought home. So uh, you know it it brings the fight home. He's not out there fighting everyone, and it's it's really a um, you know it, it works for the franchise. You know, it seems that action movies these days uh, have a negative connotation to them, unless they're a Marvel movie where, you know, everybody's jovial and happy-go-lucky and it's tongue-in-cheek. Um, yet, you know, the uh, the Angel Have Fallen series and the Rambo series are a throwback to more traditional action films, only they're not one-dimensional, they're very layered. Uh, how do we combat that view that action films are just violence for the sake of violence? Um, I'll- Wait, I'm sorry. This is Lassie. What? What's the question? I'm sorry. I oh, the question was. Aiming at Yeah, in general, because there's so there's so much backlash in society about masculinity, and the action movies are sometimes uh-huh. viewed as just you know violence for the sake of violence. How do we reshape oh, that well, and let I people? Oh, I think it depends on the movie, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I haven't seen Joker, but I'm sure it's. Um, you know, whatever they do there is for the sake of the shock and the strange things that the Joker does. So, I mean, I really, really depends on the movie and how it's done. Not really. I mean, our, for us, it's very important to have a story. Um, obviously, um, you know, what, what do you have in a movie if you don't have a story, if you have only action, which uh, we've, we've seen before and we agree with you, I agree with you. Um, can be really dull and really annoying, actually, when you have only shots and there's no story. It's it's awful. So it's important to us to, um, to yes, of course, we'll deliver the the, the action, and um, but it's very important to have a story and hopefully an emotional story and something that you can connect with all the audience. If it's a man, woman, um, they, them, he, she, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's for everybody except children. Right, of course. Um, although, you know, unfortunately, war-torn countries, children are more so involved than anything, and that's unfortunate for them. Um, with something like Rambo, you know, there there are some people oh, that so were... To argue that, I mean, yeah. if you watch Batman, it's no less violence than Rambo. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love the Rambo movies. I love the end scene, especially. I don't want to give away the spoiler, um, just for anybody that hasn't seen it. But that end scene was basically a, uh, a hey, everybody that's either survived this type of abuse or is a survivor and lost somebody for that type of abuse really wanted uh, to do that to the, the person at the end, to uh, Hector's character. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, when, <laughs> what's that? Yes. No, revenge is a very strong uh, feeling. Yeah. Um, with, with something like this, you know, and it's primarily a more male-driven audience, you know, were people surprised that the two of you were producers on these two action movies? Because, I mean, I'm not. I can tell you from your accent, Lottie, you're Israeli, correct? I am. Yeah. Your accent, your accent gave you away. So, you know, as an Israeli woman, two, you know, women have to serve two years in the army. So it shouldn't be a surprise to the rest of the world where women serve in the military. But why is it still surprising in America and Canada and the United Kingdom? Um, I mean, I don't know. I can tell you that Krista can kick my butt in two seconds. doesn't matter that she wasn't in the military. So, again, um, why are they... Yeah. Well, why are they surprised? I, I guess it's um, it's not it's something that's not um, that they're not used to. I, I suppose um, we it, for us it's mandatory. It's not a question. Are we going to serve in the army? We are going to. So everybody knows since you are born that you come the age of eighteen, you're going to serve in the army. So it's not a question. A person who doesn't serve in the army, men or women is strange in Israel. That is not the norm. So for us, it's the norm. And when you grow up to think it's not the norm, it's a little shocking. So understandable. Um, yeah. I don't think they are... Um, I mean, I think they admire it uh, very much. But when I when people hear me, and, and like you said, they're shocked about it. But then I explain to them the situation. They, they then understand it more. Yeah. It's just surprising because there's so many people in this world where women serve in their militaries or, you know, have come from countries where there were problems that women had to take up arms that it still seems laughable in the United States that we'd be shocked by something like that or surprised. Uh, true, but I think um, many, many things are changing in the past two years. Yeah. Um, so perhaps... It's going to be different now, how they view what women do or don't do. And what does a female perspective add to these action movies? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think there was a little bit more humor involved with uh, Angel Has Fallen than the two previous incarnations of that film franchise. Well, it's just to me, it shows like, you know, you have all these women out there, but we're all, you know, supporting each other now and helping each other. And Lati and I are big supporters of, you know, all women and helping people, uh, other pe women coming up in the business to get jobs. And I think people's ideal is like all these women are going to come in the business. And they're going to make mushy dramas and love films. And that's not really the case. I mean, women can make badass, you know, action films that you know, can rock the world. And that's what we do. So it's not like, oh, no, you don't have to make soft films just because you're a woman. And I think that's what we represent. And moving forward, that's how what we're going to, you know, hopefully be inspirational to other women. The other women can make badass action films and they don't have to sit in the romantic comedy world because they're a woman. So I think that's what we bring, you know, as, as producers to uh, the business as well. Listen, I'm a grown Although man, I and love, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I am a crazy for romantic comedies. If you <laughs> ask me what what movies I want to watch, I would no. But rather what I see comedies, so I'm the I guess the typical you know girl. I love it. 
Yeah, but I think with the women's movement, though, Mm -hmm. what's going on, like women being hired and all these things, that people expect them, okay, we're going to hire women now, but they're going to make all these soft movies. And wait a minute, these two over here are making... So I don't... I think it's just going to bring more women into the action business. We're representing that, and it's going to, you know, bring more, you know, people to have their ideas and make badass movies. Women don't have to make film yeah but but and also when you think about it this is this is the film business it's not what I like to watch mm. it's not necessarily what I will make so in this business um, action movies thrillers and such are, are easier to make there's broader audience for these kind of movies and so you know these are the movies where, where we would is are great to make for us because then we can basically stay alive and and support ourselves, right? And romantic comedies are not easy to make. Right. Um, it's more of a risk and and it's hard to sell. So um, so yeah, so there's a big difference between what do I like and what do I make. Right. Well, listen, I'm a full grown man and I'm still scared of my mother. I've grown up with a ton of strong women around me. And even in the dojos that I, I've trained in, there's always women there. So I, I hate bringing up this topic, but there are so many people that are still blind to it that that's the only reason why we keep mm-hmm. addressing it. Yes, and, and like I said, things are changing. I mm-hmm. think soon enough it's not going to be. And, you know, at the same time, we can also accept the differences. I mean, you know, I'm obviously a little bit uh, weaker than probably you, so that, that's, that's okay. It's nothing, not, probably Krista is not, because she's this Amazonas strong woman, <laughs> physically and emotionally. But, you know, but as still, it doesn't matter how weak you are physically or emotionally. You can still, it's, it's okay, it's all fine. All of a sudden, there's this big acceptance of, of something that somebody or something that is different. Right. So it's great, but it's still changing. It's not there yet, but it's changing. So, and I think, but I also, it's very important to say that there's no, it's important to sort of roll with a movement with no bitterness, rather with, you know, excitement and positivity and not, you know, not to be um, bitter about it. I know April Wright did a documentary about female stunt women and how, you know, they go unrecognized as well. And it seems that, you know, with the action genre, there's quite a few women going there. I mean, Cynthia Rothrock uh, was the first American action heroine, and she had to go all the way to China to start making kung fu movies to get noticed. And that was 30, 35 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What's her name? Cynthia Rothrock. She's uh, in... She's an older lady now. I don't want to give out her age, but uh, she started 35 years ago from, you know, uh, four-time world karate champion in forms, and she went over to Hong Kong to make action movies because she wasn't really getting work here. How interesting. I'm going to look at her up. It's very interesting. Um, Did you hear about her, Krista? Uh, No. (laughs) No, no. I haven't heard about her. Maybe it's a movie. (laughs) 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 No. Now we gave you an idea for a biopic. How did you make this movie? Well, we had an interview with Fanboy and came up with the idea. You never know. 10% off the top, okay? That's all I'm... <laughs> no. No. Uh, you, you know, the uh, with a... Um, excuse me. 
Angel Has Fallen was, was quite humorous, and I love the addition of Nick Nolte. When you put a movie together, you know, and these action movies, um, you know, especially, Lodi, since you have a military background, are there certain things that you look for in, like, the espionage aspect of it for a movie or the military application aspect that you want to add realism to it, but that's still entertaining enough uh, that the audience will suspend disbelief for some insane action levels? It's funny you ask because uh, yesterday I was um, um, at the at the ER, not not as a patient, <laughs> and um, I had a conversation with somebody who works there, and um, and we were saying that, and then there was a, a room where they were saving a life of of a, of a patient, and the, it was very quiet, and nobody was screaming, and nobody was running it was very calm and we were laughing because we said if it was a movie it would look so different there would be so many things going on and blood like jumping up and down and not splashing on everybody and all of a sudden the doctor and the nurse will be maybe kissing in the middle of it and who knows what would happen because you make you know you have to, to do it to look dramatic to to be interesting um, so I think you know it's very important to keep it real and we bring experts experts to to make sure it's kept very real and close as much as possible um, to how it really is but at the same time you you know yes you add a little bit more drama to to situations absolutely I mean what Nick Nolte does in the movie is absolutely Crazy. Right. Um, would it happen in real life? Maybe. <laughs> Could. Right. Yeah, but it'd take him 15 years to dig all those trenches and and do everything of that sort. Whereas in Rambo: Last Blood, you know, he built the tunnels over time and just you know used them to his advantage in the film, which I thought was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. When there's a familial tie, especially in an action movie, like. You know, we'll go back to Commando with Schwarzenegger or with Last Blood now and, you know, the lone action hero going out to save his daughter. Last Blood is far more believable where a military man that has shell shock, and I prefer to use shell shock instead of PTSD because I think it diminishes it, uh, Mm -hmm. will take on a small band by himself rather than, you know, a league of commandos the way it it did with Schwarzenegger in the 80s. how far does a, a believability come into play with this? And what should we really take away from this? Because, you know, a lot of our veterans are neglected or ignored, especially our Vietnam veterans to this day are still looked upon with disdain, you know, 45 years later. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so, and and what was the, the question? Uh, how do we, well, how do I we forgot. take... Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to, uh, how do we take care of those, you know, that suffered what John Rambo's character did? Because in the first one, you know, he has the heartfelt confession with Troutman about how they kept calling him baby killer. And, you know, he wasn't welcomed home and people would spit on him. And now that 45 years later, he's you know a complete man, but he still deals with the ghosts of the past. And how do we take care of our veterans and pay them the respect the way how your film as a city? Yes. Oh, listen, it's a big, big mess. I mean, look at the streets. You know, these people went to war for for the country, for our country, your country, my country now. You know, they they sacrificed 
you know, not the ultimate, but almost, you know, and, and they're treated often with, um, if not disrespect, just they, they ignore them. They just don't care. And, uh, and, and it's especially the new generation, the millennials, you know, they don't really care about anything. I mean, do they, I mean, Holocaust survivors, uh, you know, veterans, all, all these people who really need to be cared for like ho- holy, you know, and it's not happening. It's really, really sad. Um, do I have a solution? No, I don't. But, but you, it's very sad. Chris, I'll, I'll add this for you. Do you think that cinema will help us be more open and create a discussion for people that suffer from shell shock or PTSD or whatever phrase they'd like to use? I mean, you know, Last Blood opens the door for that. Listen, I hope so. And there's also been other films. I mean, even, um, you know, like Spouda on Netflix. And there's a lot of other films that have dealt with, like the Bradley Cooper movie that have dealt with it. We as a society haven't fully, you know, because everyone's busy complaining about all these other issues. I think they don't really care about them. And listen, my uncle went to Vietnam twice and he, you know, he had to wait in a hotel room for three days when he had cancer to even get, you know, looked at. It's insane, (laughs) you know, and, and it's, they're just like thrown to the garbage. So I don't have a solution either, but I think that, you know, we've always kind of put out movies that have, um, kind of open the door for discussion, but people don't start discuss- discussing it unless, you know, unless it's at the top of the list. I don't know, you know, I don't have a solution. Huh. Well, I feel, I feel terrible for your uncle. Please let us know we would do anything for, yeah. for them. Well, hopefully art yeah. influences life and that, uh, you know, these issues are, are more open to people. I mean, you've made other movies, you know, the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, franchise you built upon that Iceman, which was a psychological thriller about um, I, his name slips my mind, but he was the Polish assassin for the Italian mafia in the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that was a great film. So you're putting out some really good. Th- yes, thank you so much. Uh, you know, you're putting out some great films, and it's exciting to see what comes next. What are you working on that we can talk about? Uh, we're putting together another a slate of films for this year, uh, mostly action. And then, you know, every now and then we'll flip in other films. But um, I don't think we can really talk about it other than, obviously, Red Sonia mm-hmm. is, um, you know, and possibly a couple other films. But, um, you know, big action films with story and talent and heart. And Red Sona, another pulp comic character coming coming back to the big screen. First time in 30-something years, almost 40 years now, huh? Yes. I think it's very exciting. I think it's yeah. great for women. It's very uh, a very uh, strong female character, you know, characters, more than one woman in the, woman in the movie. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's going to be great. It's going to continue this opening doors for opportunities for, for people, not I, just women, for all people. I hope so. Hopefully Brigitte Nielsen has a cameo in the uh, in the Red Sonia remake. I hope so. That That's my personal, you know, tie-in. Um, with the, you know, when, when we talk about women in film and, and the strength of women, I, I tend to pick on the Marvel movies because we had 28, 29 movies, if you count The Incredible Hulk, leading into... The Marvel movie, uh, you know, the conclusion of Phase Four, 
and everyone wanted strong female characters, strong female characters, and everyone kind of got quiet and treated it as if it was enough at the end of Endgame where there was that 15-second superheroine pose down and saving Spider-Man from Thanos. Um, Why would people settle after, you know, 60 hours of cinema for this 15-second pose down and go, okay, that was good enough? Shouldn't there be more to it than well, just that? Well, I think I think well, I think they tried in the past. Listen, mm-hmm. before when they tried to do like Catwoman and and the Jennifer Garner action film, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So when films don't work, it's a business. It's still a business. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm gonna you know put a female lead." It's still a business. Right. So it didn't work at the time. They kind of went on with the world. The world went on, and then Gal Gadot did. Wonder Woman, hmm. and it was a huge hit. Right. And she was part of the, you know, of everything changing mm-hmm. because she, it was a huge hit, and now people are like, wait a minute, there is an audience. People do want to see this. Right. Young girls do want to be her. So that was, you know, and that happened very early with the movement and everything. So I think, you know, she sort of uh, opened the door for a lot of these uh, studios and other companies to say, well, okay, well, if they'll pay for the movie, we can make the movie. And we can't just make a movie unless our buyers want to buy it. So we can't just oh, dream it up. We have to sell it. So, you know, Lucky and I can't sit in a room and go, let's just spend $100 million on a, on a you know, female movie unless our buyers are asking for it. Yeah, it's a film business. Right. Business. Although it would be nice to have $150 million to burn just on a passion project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep dreaming. Just kidding. <laughs> I said it'd be nice. I didn't say it was a reality. You know, I'm not Bill Gates or uh, or Jeff Bezos. <laughs> if I was, that would be a nice touch. But ladies, thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Rambo Last Blood is in theaters right now. Uh, Angel Has Fallen is coming out to home video in uh, end of October or early November. I have to double check the dates for that. Where can we find the company's website and social media so we can reach out to you and keep an eye out on your upcoming slate of films, including Red Sonia? Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's Campbell Grubman Films. And then you can kind of like link us from there. We both have like our own pages. I have an Instagram, but I mean, it's not like our company is. Yeah. I mean, we're all sort of, so I I think you start with Facebook and if you want to find us, you can like go through the channels there. You can find me on the streets screaming at my kids. (laughs) 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 You really are a Middle Eastern mother. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Thank you so much for your, for your time today. Thank I you. greatly appreciate the conversation. Thank you for entertaining the ridiculous questions that we have to keep asking about, you know, women in cinema and women in action genres, which hopefully will get past that whole notion because people are still waking up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all good. All good. <laughs> all, right. all good. Take care and have a great day. Thank you. <laughs>